Welcome to Kyla's Q&A. I'm Justin Myrick, and recently my son Drake said I need new intro music. So let's do this. Hey Dad, how about some college questions? Let's hear them. Let's hear them. All right, we are rolling with our latest episode of College Questions. We're so glad you're listening in. We're so excited to explore this episode's question, which is one that probably nearly every Christian has asked, and I would argue just a lot of people on earth have asked, what is God's will for my life? It's a great question. There's a lot of ways we can go with it. This may be a two-parter, but we'll start here, and I'm so excited, and I'm excited to welcome our guest today, This is a man I have a lot of love and respect for in college ministry. It's so encouraging when you see students come in and just be so faithful and teachable. And this young man has done that. He's a proven leader and excited about the ways he's involved in our church plants. And he's partnered with us in San Diego and recently married. And just just an awesome young man that we're excited to have on the podcast and listen to his wisdom on this question. So please welcome to the podcast, Hunter McCam. Hunter, thanks for coming today. And it's exciting to be here. I uh, love getting to tune in, so this is something I've been wanting to do. Well, I owe you a little bit of credit because when I first thought about, you know, is this a good idea? You know, you're the ones I sought. And I asked you, hey, you know, what do you think? And you were very encouraging to me and really kind of pushed me to say, man, go for it. So I appreciate you doing that because that really helped me just have confidence that this is something God wanted us to do. And uh, it's been fun to see how God's using it. And I appreciate you spurring me on. So that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, with that said, man, it's fun to have you on here, and and I'm excited to hear your perspective on this and just what God's taught you. So, what comes to mind when you hear that question? You know, what is God's will for my life? We've all asked this question. Uh, so, just what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Well, I think, like you said, it's it's an interesting question. Everybody's asked it. Um, everybody's at least thought about it. if they haven't asked somebody, how do I figure out God's will? Uh, and so when I, when I first think about it. I think there's these, there's some key things that we, we need to remember um, before we start to really dive into the question. Like we need to remember these things, and, and the question kind of states those, but I think they're important enough to, to remember. Um, and the first thing is that that it's God's will. That it's it's not my will. It's not what I want to do. It's not what I, other people think I should do. Is that above all, it's it's God's will. Now I can want to do the same thing that. that our will and God's will can line up at some point. It's God, but it's God who's in control of it. Um, and then also in God's will, um, we're we're joining in with His will. It's not that um, the best way to say it. I don't know is that we're joining in his, with His redemptive plan. Uh, when we get saved, we're joining in with a plan that was set in motion from the beginning of time to now. It's not something new, something that's surprising to God, but it's something that he, he set into motion for a long time. Um, and to quote a, a children's book, uh, one of my favorite guys that I listen to, he's a pastor, Kevin DeYoung. He's got an awesome children's book, um, and it tells the story of the Bible of how how God is, or how the snake crusher, talking about Jesus, mm-hmm. is bringing us back to the garden. So we're joining yeah. in with this. We have that one at the house. Yeah. I love that book. I got it for the my nephews. The pictures ne- are great. Yeah, too. It's, it's the graphics are awesome. Yes. The, I got it for my nephews, and, and it it details the story of that that the snake crusher, Jesus, he's bringing us back to the garden. When we get saved, we are joining in with that plan. Um, so that's something big to remember. I mean, that's mentioned in, in John 3, 16, that, like, 
creation is going to be redeemed because God loved the world. Mm-hmm. His creation is going to be redeemed. Um, and then in John fifteen fifteen, it talks about how uh, the slave doesn't know what the master's doing, but but Jesus calls us friends, and and the friends know what the father's doing. We're going to join in with his plan that we know what he's going to do. Mm. Um, and so that that's a big thing to remember. And then another thing I think is important to remember is that that God does have a plan for our lives. He we we don't get saved and and he leaves us to be, um, but he's got a specific plan. For our lives, uh, and, and we kind of see that in Scripture uh, in Acts fifteen through sixteen. Uh, I'll open that up and yeah, just yeah, give it kind it. of a highlights of it. I don't want to read the whole thing on here. No, that's good. You know, you're talking about, and I'm, I'll let you read this, but I want to go back to it because you mentioned that the goal is to align with God's will, and that you kind of reference this reality that oftentimes it doesn't right there's there's friction there right like there's things we want to do and and the goal is to align it with god but oftentimes Mm -hmm. it's conflicting so we can talk about that but go ahead i want to hear acts 15 and 16 so just to kind of give like a an outline of it i guess at the end of acts 15 we see paul um it's him and barnabas and they have this this what they call a sharp disagreement i don't know what a a sharp Mm -hmm. disagreement is but i I assume it was not fun it's intense yeah more than yeah yeah it's uh, not a good thing so it says Paul chose Silas and they departed. So Paul and Silas leave and they're going. It mentions all these towns they go through, and so this th- throughout chapter sixteen it outlines this crazy plan. And if you think you know, if Paul's sitting there and he's like, "What what is God's will for my life? What do I need to do?" Everything that's about to happen, he would never dream up. The the strategy, the the end goal or the end piece we see is that this jailer comes to Christ, uh, and the strategy to get there is not what Paul, I, I would ever think he would have imagined what happened. Uh, so if you, just to give the highlights of chapter 16, um, Paul meets this this young guy named Timothy. He's People are bragging on him, saying he's, he's a disciple, he's a follower of Christ. Um, and so they start going around and visiting churches, and churches are getting strengthened by that. So random encounter number one. Uh, the next thing we see is Paul, he has this vision in the night, um, and and it's basically God's wanting him to, to follow this vision. So he does that. And another random encounter. Uh, and then he meets Lydia. Mm-hmm. He, this Another random encounter. They, they go out to pray, um, and they randomly run into this lady, Lydia, and, and her whole household gets baptized, gets saved. And so another random encounter that he's just going to pray, and he runs into this person. And then the next day, uh, a more humorous part of the story is they, they run into this, uh, what's what scripture call her? Uh, a, fortune, a fortune teller. She's got a spirit of divination. Mm. Um, and so they randomly run into this girl, and, and it says that Paul, he gets greatly annoyed. Like day after day, he's running into this girl. Um, and so he casts the demon out of her. And as soon as that happens, the, the, the owners of this girl, she was a slave, uh, they get mad. They've made a bunch of money off her being able to, to tell people's fortune. And so they basically, they get Paul, to, Paul and Silas to be beaten. They get them thrown in jail. And then this is where all of these crazy events that line up. They meet Timothy. They meet Lydia. Uh, the, their whole household gets saved. They meet this fortune-telling girl that, that mm. greatly annoys mm-hmm. Paul to the point where he casts out the demon. And they get to this awesome story where, where Paul is he's running into all these different things. He, he didn't plan out those things to happen. He wasn't. He didn't know, oh, this is the will of God that I run into Lydia. This mm-hmm. is the will of God that I run into uh, a fortune teller. Mm. And he, he gets in this jail, 
and we see him we see him doing things along this whole story and specifically in this one uh with the with the jailer hmm. uh, so he's singing he's worshiping god and i think that's a big part is there's key things in that god wills for every believer and we'll talk about some of those but he's worshiping god he he had no no strategy or plan that this is god's will that i end up in jail hmm. but he's being obedient in the small things he's worshiping yeah. god and as soon as this huge earthquake happens. Uh, the jailer is getting ready to basically commit suicide. He, it's his fault if the jailer or if the inmates mm-hmm. leave, and he's getting ready to commit suicide. And Paul says, "Don't do it. We're here." Yeah. Um, and and the next things that happen is he evangelizes. He shares the gospel with this guy, and his whole household gets saved and gets baptized. Um, and so Paul, in in the midst of all this chaos, he he's in God's will. He doesn't have a plan to know that he's going to be in jail, mm. but he's in the midst of it. And he's obeying the simple things. He's praying. That's how he meets Lydia mm-hmm. and the uh, slave girl that's the mm-hmm. fortune teller. And then he's worshiping God in, in the midst of it. And he's also he's sharing Jesus as he goes. Mm-hmm. All of those, the crazy things that happen, the big pieces mm-hmm. happen, and, and that's God's will. But the pieces that we have control of is we, we can worship. Mm-hmm. We can evangelize. Uh, and, and we can pray. And that's, I think, a, a perfect example of, you know, there's things that are going to happen that, God mm. is in sovereign control of everything, but the things that we can be obedient to and the things that we can change are, are that we can share the gospel. We, we can pray and, and we can worship. Mm. And, and Paul just sets that, that whole s- storyline of A to B is a perfect example of mm-hmm. that. Um, no, that's really good. I, uh, I love that example of and the challenge to, as you said, I think so many times when it comes to this question, we're so, because really what we're saying when we say what's, what's God's will for my life, regardless of what you're referring to in your life, whether it be where to go to college, what degree to get, where to move to, who to marry. I mean, there's big questions that you're answering in the 18, 20, you know, college age, right? Like those are questions you're trying to, and, and you know, how, how am I crafted? What's my fit in the kingdom? You know, these are good questions you're asking and you're working through. Regardless of it, what you're really identifying is that there's a question mark in your life. You're trying to figure something out that's most likely when we think of this question, we're thinking of the future. What is this decision that I need to do? Like, what is the thing that I need to do? And what I hear you saying is what's most important is that moment that the temptation is to only focus on what's ahead. And that's important. Like think through those things. Yeah. Like, like pursue those questions. That's healthy. However, the danger is if you get so caught up in only thinking about the future, you miss the here and now. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing in the example you just shared is Paul was focused on the here and now. And as he did the here and now and experienced life with God right now, today, in this moment, paying attention to what the Holy Spirit is leading me to do now, then what happens is those things start to unfold. But you can never get it laid out and say, all right, here's what's going to happen in the next three months. It just doesn't work like that. Uh, it, it is interesting to me that there's so many examples in Scripture of these incredible things that happen. There's doors that open, but there's no way they could on the back say, all right, this is like you said, I'm not. I'm going to do these five things which will lead to this. No. Yeah. No, we focus on now the things that I can do. I can worship. I can tell others about him. I can encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ, which – Let's let me ask you this. What role does the Bible what role would you say the Bible has in knowing God's will for my life? I think 
it has a, a complete authority in that. Um, there, there's not a lot, but there's some specific things that that speak to what is God's will for our lives. Um, and and I've got some of those, uh, like First Thessalonians five eighteen. Uh, it says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Well, that's First Thessalonians 4, 3, but we can go with that one. Uh, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Yes. These are the two places you're about to reference. Yeah. The only two places where it says specifically, this is God's will for right. your life. So it's going to, uh, and what are the, those things? The, one, the first one's your sanctification. Okay. Um, and then it, so it has a colon right there. Set apart. And, it, and it's like this list of things. But yes. the first thing on that list, and it's it's set apart by itself, I think, for a reason. Okay. Um, specifically for that context, but also the context is quite similar today. Okay. Um, it says that you abstain from sexual immorality. Mm. That this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from this. Mm. That that is in du- direct opposition to God's will. Like mm. at, at any point, if you question, is this a part of God's will? It's not. Mm. It, it's in direct opposition. And I like what, you know, Greg, in walking us through the Old Testament, he has mentioned a few times when order matters in Scripture. And I think you're right. There's a reason that 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 is there. There's a reason that, that, you know, this is God's will. Boom, here it is. Yeah. That you abstain from sexual right. All right, what's the second one? Uh, The second one is give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And what's that reference? Uh, that one's First Thessalonians five eighteen. The first, first one was four four three. So they're both First Thessalonians. Yeah. How about that? He just was going to hit them with. I didn't connect that. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I haven't reviewed those in a while. At one point, I had reviewed those. That's awesome. All right. So now we do know. I mean, to be fair, obviously, is it fair to say that any any commands we see in Scripture are going to be God's will for yeah. our life? So maybe and, and thankfully God gave us two where we don't have to question anything. Like that's the easy ones, right? Mm-hmm. Then of course others, uh, you know, you mention evangelism a lot and the example of Paul and, you know, we get that in the great commission, you know, Matthew 20, we see these things, right? So let me ask it from this lens. What's the danger of trying to discern God's will for your life separated from the word of God? Uh, what's the danger in that? Cause to be honest with you, I see this a lot. I see a lot of people who really want to know God's will for their life, but they're not paying attention to even the clear commands like this. Yeah. You know, they're, they got sexual morality running rampant in their life and they're not doing anything about it. And they're expecting God's will to be, you know, to have discernment on that. They're not staying in the word. They're not staying consistent to be faithful to, to go to church and hear, be under the teaching of a lead pastor and just have that. They're not doing those things. And yet they are wondering why. So I do see a danger with that. What, what do you feel like is what's dangerous about an individual trying to discern God's will apart from the word? Yeah. So we have uh, this, I guess it's a, a drawing that's common to FBC and I'm sure other churches have it, but something that we, it's a integral part of almost all the ministries here. It's just a drawing of, of the will. Um, and, and at the center of that will where it attaches to, to the power source, the car is the power source mm. and, and where it attaches it, is is Christ, and mm-hmm. if we're we're not attached to that, uh, the will can't roll by itself. It's it's useless. Useless. It's just sitting in a corner. But if it's attached to the power source um, by faith, so you imagine this will, it's attached to Christ, and and the lug nuts that hold it on are faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got all these spokes, and these spokes are where we we can be obedient. Um, they're they're mm-hmm. obedience to Christ. Um, and so when we're missing those pieces, uh, it's it's like a wheel that that's cut in half. It, mm-hmm. It's not going to work. It's a flat tire. Um, and so the danger in uh, 
and not obeying those commands that we are they are clear commands of scripture mm. and if the goal is to go down travel down the road right that's that's the goal is to to get into the future travel down the road mm. and, and this will is is part of it that will doesn't turn is mm. it, it it leaves you stuck and stranded on the side of the road just clueless mm. um, and so uh, I, I think of this leadership book I think a guy Stephen Covey I think is the author of it and and one of the, the key principles is to, to take care of first things first. Mm. We, we know that sexual, sexual immorality is wrong, and, mm. and it is a, in complete opposition to the will of God. Mm. We know that there's commands in the Bible that, that we're supposed to follow, and, and we need to take care of the first things first. We mm. know those. I, do I know what I'm going to do in 20 years? No, but there's some things I can take care of right now, today, tomorrow, that, that are going to put me in a place where where I can obey in twenty years, I can obey these commands. But if I don't take care of the first things first, then then oh, I'm missing the will of God. That's great, man. So what I hear you saying is, if we're if we're trying to discern God's will, if we're at a place in life, because there are seasons of that, and I and I say that in fairness because I think that's a healthy question. I mean, trying to discern God's will is a is a good and healthy thing as far as big picture things, as we referenced earlier, those question marks. What I hear you saying is focus on what you know, because there's going to be a lot of unknowns. So let's focus on what we know, mm-hmm. the things that are clear. I may be wrong on who said this. I ha- I feel like it's Mark Twain. I'm going to have to have somebody check me on this. Maybe I can look. But he or someone said that it's not the things of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the things I do. Yeah, that that's so good. Because to your point, I think his there's so much of the Bible. Yeah, there are some very mysterious parts of the Bible, right? And for sure. And I think to First Corinthians 13, some of those things will remain mysterious till the day we die, right? Like as Paul said in First Corinthians 13, these things I know in part, then I shall know fully, speaking of the day he dies, then I shall know fully even as I am fully known. He's admitting that there's some of this I don't get right now. So I get that. And I guess, you know, if we can realize that with all of the Bible that is clear, because it is so much of it is like to your point of, of those two things, avoid sexual morality and then be, it was it be thankful always or give, give, give thanks and give thanks. Yeah. And all circumstances, give thanks in all circumstance, man, those are two very straightforward. So we can start there and then branch out from there. Right. And man, that is so good to be reminded that, if I'm going to understand God's will for the future, I have to be obedient to his will for my life today. I have to be obedient to the things he's made clear to me, to the things I do know, which begs the question to our point of the Bible. I think it's got to drive us back to the scriptures. I feel like this has happened a lot in the latest episodes. You know, following Jesus, it's not complicated. It's extremely difficult, but it's not complicated. And Staying connected to his word, although it's such a simple practice, it's it's simple to say, right? Like we know this. And yet, are we staying in God's word, connected to these commands that are clear uh, so that we can pay attention to his will for our life now? Um, and you referenced that earlier. Like, are there some things in your life that have helped you when to be very we'll get to the future stuff because i think that's important but let's just if we can for a moment just focus on the the here and now so we're paying attention to god's will for my life today which is for me to give thanks in every circumstance let's just take that one and 
I want to do a separate podcast on sexual morality. So, you know, give thanks in every circumstance. And I'm struggling with that. Right. Because of the circumstances right now for me, let's just say aren't looking good. I'm struggling. What are things that help you when you know and you sense that God's will is it's right. You've, you've stayed in the word. It's here and it's presenting itself in your mind and heart. The Holy Spirit's reminding you of it. And your heart and mind are in contrast with it. And there's friction. What have you done that have helped you get in line with God's will to, to how, how have you handled that in life? Yeah. So, uh, I think remembering, I think that first promise that I talked about that, that there is a huge redemptive plan from beginning to end. And when we, when we become Christians, we are joining in with that. And my momentary, um, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a suffering or it's just something that I'm, I don't want to be a part of or it's just a bad attitude on my part, um, that situation, no matter how I feel about it, it it's, it's a part of God's redemptive plan. Mm. And to be reminded of that, and it's easier to talk about it on this side of things, um, but to remember that promise that, that God is bringing creation back to that, that picture of the, the Garden of Eden. It was perfect and good. Mm. Um, and he's bringing us back to that. And it's there's going to be times that, that are hard, that, that I don't understand and, and that I don't want to be in. Um, but but my feelings don't change the fact that, that it's a part of God's plan uh, for my life. And does that, I hope that answers mm. that, where you're going with that question. No, that's – I love that, man. That's a – I love that because what I hear you saying is it helps you to remember the big picture. And I think this is really healthy because so many times in those moments when the friction is happening, all we can see is that situation. We can't see beyond that. We're so laser focused on our little world and our little problem that we miss the big picture. And I appreciate, I think that's such a, practical thing that you're you're saying you do that you force yourself in your mind to step back and get away from having just an isolated view of this thing and you step back and see the broader perspective and the bigger picture and you know what it helps that's that's i love that that's a practical thing that i think i can remember anyone listening can remember okay you know these things aren't at i'm struggling here i got to step back and remember the big picture And that's really helpful because I do feel like sometimes in life we get so fixated on whatever the situation is, it's 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 narrow, right? And we've got to step back and see the big picture. So yeah. I love that. There's a, something that, that I guess comes to mind. You remember we went to the – it's the state convention, but it's on a conference in January. It's like a pastor's econ. Oh, yeah, the e- econ, yeah. yes. And so Junior Hill um, – was there that one year and it was i mean he walked into the room and he commanded the, the whole room yes. eyes on him Junior, listened to every word he said yes. um and he preached out of psalms 37 uh and so kind of a self-diagnostic if i'm in that situation and and you know i'm maybe it's a bad situation i don't want to be there but i i'm understanding that it's a a part of the will of god there may be something wrong in, in the way i'm i'm doing things uh it, i think it's verse four it says let me pull yeah, it up. Let's, I, yeah, let's look it up. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so at that moment, 
there's a good chance that my desires have come before my delight. And that's what he talked about. He said, mm. if you delight yourself in the Lord, the desires of your heart, they're going to change and they're going to come into, they're, they're going to be aligned with God's will. But if at any point my desires are what's pushing things and I'm not delighting in the Lord, um, I'm probably going to have those moments of contrast between God's will and my that's desire. Good. They're going to be in opposition. Man. And so the, the first step is delighting in the Lord. That's wisdom. That's that's really good. And just to, I loved how you said that. And and I remember Junior. He's he does such. A I good think job. that sermon will be one that sticks with me for uh, probably forever. It, it was awesome, and I think about it almost every other week. I would think. Well, and it, that's neat, man. Because you're right. Like getting those flips. So the verse is Psalm 37, verse four: Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And that's such a great observation that you can't get that backwards. Delight in the Lord comes first. If your desires of your heart are first, we're going to get it twisted, and God's will is going to be really hard to, to discern in our life. But when we delight in the Lord, you know what? You start to discern His will pretty a lot easier. Mm-hmm. You start realizing when you're not grateful, uh, give thanks in every circumstance. You start realizing, wait a second, I'm, I've got some ungratefulness in my heart. Oh man, here's some hints of sexual morality that I'm not dealing with. Like the, these things become fully aware. In other words, I feel like, you know, I've been thinking about this lately, but spiritual maturity is not just, um, spiritual maturity in a large part, I feel like is recognizing that really early on. So the conflict of flesh and spirit, which, I mean, that's really what we're talking about. If we're talking about the here and now, like the, the, how God's will is for me to delight in him today. And the flesh of me is going to pull to take away from that. So maturity is recognizing that friction early enough to cut it off and get that in the right order early. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause if we catch it early, we're going to be all right. It's the, it's, you know, when we think of that progression of sin that we see in, is that James when mm-hmm. tempted, no one should say God has tempted me, but each one is tempted when it by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. And then after desire has conceived, gives birth to sin. Sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. I think, wow, the progression there is sobering. And so when I hear you talk about that, I think, okay, the goal then, if we're talking about what's God's will for my life, we have to start with today, and it starts with this and that delighting before the desires. Mm-hmm. Get that right. Man, that's so good. Yeah. Well, let's real quick, and maybe this is a part two of the discussion. Yeah. But I would love to, you know, we've kind of focused on, and I think rightly so, the here and now. I, I think that's that's got to be the order, right? Because if we're not doing that and we're not staying connected to God and His Word, you know, how are we ever going to figure out five years from now? You know, I, and I don't, you know. So with that being said, though, if we're fighting to do what's right now today and to honor Him, to delight in Him first, and we are asking it because I think wisdom would say it's okay to ask those questions like, you know, hey, you know, I know Brad mentioned that in the sermon uh, Sunday about, um, hey, you know, if you're a college student, would you even consider, you know, doing the journeyman project? Well, that's a good thing. I, I processed that in college. That was a question I was trying to ask is, is this something I need to do? That's healthy, right? Um, a summer project like the San Diego thing, is this something I need to do? Those are, those are we want students to think through those things. How do you work through those? And yeah, we, maybe maybe that is part and, two. And maybe I'm in that situation exactly right now. Uh, okay. So me and uh, Sarah Beth, you know, we're 
she just graduated. Um, it's got a, a job here in town, and then I've got a year left of school, and we're kind of going through the same boat of um, I'm, I'm starting my application for seminary, which would mean move to New Orleans probably next June. Mm. Um, we've got a couple opportunities with church planning, to, you know, maybe maybe to go out to San Diego, and then we've, we've always had the journeyman opportunity on the mm-hmm. table to, as something that we, you know, we, we have a heart for missions and, and maybe that's how we participate mm-hmm. in it. Uh, it's through the journeyman process. And so we're, we're in that boat of <laughs> trying to figure out what, awesome. what do we want to do? This is perfect. Yeah. Uh, so just a, a couple practical things that, that I think we should do and we are doing um, is I think of what in Jesus's model prayer, he, he's asking for God's will, his, his kingdom come, his will be done. Um, and I think just honest and earnest, just prayer, mm. and, it, and it and it seems like it's simple, but it it's it's vital to it that that I seek God's yeah. will in it. Um, and then, well, I feel like, and before you go, yeah. on, I, I I just I feel like what prayer does is it, it it creates in your heart a willingness to move with God where He's sending mm-hmm. you. I feel like a lack of prayer you rely on your decisions and your thought process and you kind of neglect God's prayer kind of keeps you. I feel like it to your point earlier perspective that's done that in my life. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. I think prayer is, it keeps you grounded as you try to figure it out. Sorry, go ahead, man. I'm yeah, this is good. So, so praying about it and deli- making sure we're staying delighted in the Lord. Um, and then I think we get to a place where we've probably got some options. Um, yeah. We we don't have a clear I, we don't have a clear answer right now uh, of what we need to do, and so you know given my scenario I think there's a couple like diagnostic questions to ask and, and Brad talked about this Sunday too so I think it's fun this falls in line with Brad's mm-hmm. sermon on Sunday but you know who gets the glory of, of the decisions if I put all those deci- decisions on the table and I view them through this lens of of who gets the glory well I need to make sure that that the only decisions I keep are the ones that were, where God's getting the glory. Mm-hmm. If if I can't if God doesn't get the glory in that decision then it mm. it's an automatic no, um, and and for us right now we've I think all of our decisions have the opportunity to give God the glory. Yeah. Um, and then I think another one to ask is is am I able to obey the the Great Commission where on this decision, mm. um, and whether it's a future job if you're moving to 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 go into a, what we would call a secular you know I've got quotation yeah. marks around that you yeah. know you're you're always ministering, um, but can I obey the Great Commission? Um, can I can I participate in missions when I'm there? Uh, and part of the Great Commission is teaching people to obey. Am I mm-hmm. able to make disciples in this? Is what I'm going to do, the decision I make, is it going to prohibit me from making disciples? And if it is, then, then it's not the decision you need to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we get to a point where you may have multiple options. And, and at some point, I, I think there's a freedom to make the make a decision mm. um, unless God does something miraculous and shines a spotlight on it yeah. you you have to make decisions at some point and Brad talked about it Sunday that you have to make the decision and there's this this crippling fear of anxiety and and un, not having peace is that's not from mm-hmm. God and the antidote to, to that is prayer like we talked mm-hmm. about earlier which I think is fun that, that I think Paul talks about it Philippians that that kind of prayer prayer brings peace and it's the antidote to ang- mm. to uh, anxiety, um, but but we've got to make a decision and in doing that 
we make that decision and, and we move to New Orleans. Well, we need to be obedient to the things that we were trying to be obedient to then. Yeah. Um, we make the decision and we apply for journeymen and get accepted and, and move somewhere. We're going to go there and we're going to be obedient to what God's called us to do. Yeah. I think that you mentioned something that's worth us emphasizing. I've seen a lot of people, students and adults, anybody, they put a lot of pressure on these types of decisions, God's will for my life for this next summer or after college because they, they in their mind think it's this one decision. And if I don't make that one decision, right, I'm going to get it wrong. Right. This is what they do. And we've done, I've been guilty of this and it's so healthy to free yourself from that. You reference like, look, if I end up with options and all of them provide me the opportunity to, to do the things I know God's called me to do, then it's okay to pick. Like, it's okay. I, I can't, in other words, there is a point you can get to where you can't make a bad decision. It's not if you've got three good options, you know, you mentioned those three. Like, let's say you, you got, I mean, I heard San Diego, Journeyman, New Orleans. I don't think God's up there going, I hope Hunter and Sarah Beth get this right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think they're all good options. And I feel like sometimes we forget this and we feel like it's got to be one of those. Yeah. Now, here's the cool thing to your point of your stories of Acts 15 and 16. In the grand scheme of things, 10 years from now, when you look back, you'll see it was exactly where you needed to be. But you don't get that now. You don't get that on the front end. You don't get that. It isn't. It's odd how that works, Yeah. right? Yeah. But I, I do like that because I'm thankful for that. I remember when I was in college, I started the journeyman process. And I knew God was stirring in me, you know, heart for missions. I wanted to connect and, and just cross-cultural. I, I had met my first international student at Washington Baptist University, a young man from Japan. And I just fell in love with learning about culture and people. And it's fun. And what happened, though, was that I was taking 19 and a half hours. And I was burning out on school. Man, I almost dropped out my last semester. Like, I for real. I, my mom... I, Man, I thank God for my mom for many reasons. One of, I called her. I was like, look, I'm coming. I'm done. Like, I was done. She's like, look, no, you've come too far. And I don't know that I was ready, but I, I was close. And she really encouraged me. You need to finish. And I was like, all right. So I stuck it out, finished it. But in the process of that, my desire to finish that application, I was like, I'm not doing this application anymore. So I stopped. And it was a few years later that God reminded me of this application and he remind and he helped me see that hey now it's time to complete it it could have been seen on the front end like i quit something right there were various reasons why i stopped that application in the grand scheme of things what it was is wasn't time god actually orchestrated it in a perfect way in which i actually got to go with a really good friend of mine and uh, we got to go together to north africa and it was incredible i, I mean i couldn't have dreamed it any other way but there's no way at 22 years old, I would have said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start yeah. the application, stop the application. Then, then two years later, I'm going to finish it. That That's not a, you don't do that, but it's fun for me to see. I think of Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purposes that prevail. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool that you and Sarah Beth are at a place where you've got some things coming up. Like you said, you'll finish up in May and then kind of the, hopefully. Get, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> But you've got these options on the table, but but you're doing it right, man. You're focused on the here and now. Man, how do yeah. I pay attention to, to, to delighting myself in the Lord today and and being obedient to things in, in my life that need to go and other things I need to take on and all that? And then you're also, I, and it's probably worth saying this, 
you're also, when it comes to those three options, you're not just sitting on the couch waiting for God to, you know, drop the, you know, message from the sky that says, mm-hmm. okay, here, here's where you're going to do. You're actually, what I heard you say was you, you fill out your application for yeah. seminary. Good for you. Yeah. Right. Like I do think it's worth saying that when it comes to those things, we can't just sit back and expect God to just do it. Like yeah. we need to put our, our feelers out there and have those conversations, fill out those applications. And I think in the midst of that, that's how God starts showing discernment. I've told students before, if they feel like journeyman might be something God's leading them to start the application, the application itself is long enough and detailed enough. Number one, you'll benefit from it no matter what. But number two, through that process, it helps you see, you know, red light, this isn't it, or caution light. Hey, here's some things, you know, we need to work on in your life or green light. Yes, I'm leading you to do this. And so I love that, man. I think you're, you're a great example of how you guys are doing it right. So that's, that's fun to talk about, man. Is there anything else? I know I, I would actually love to to talk more about the future stuff cause that's yeah. fun, but is there anything else that uh, you would want to share before we close the I, episode? I would think that there's going to be times that you probably do make bad decisions and you do step out. So you can, you can definitely step out of the will of God and make a bad decision. And, and I think it's important to remember that I don't want to make light of that. Like that's a bad decision, but that God, he, once you make one bad decision you and you, uh, maybe you know you're supposed to fill out that journeyman application and you don't, that, that doesn't discount you or discredit you from doing something in the future. Mm. Like it, like God is, bigger than our decisions. Mm. If we make a decision now, God can redeem that decision and he can change mm. change it and use it later. Now, it still was wrong yep. and if we don't do it, yep. but he can definitely redeem it and use use you in a different and in, in, in a different way. Man, there's just freedom when we understand both when we miss it and we mess up and also when just directions change and plans change that we didn't anticipate. I mean, I know of students who filled out a journeyman application and fully thought they were doing and something happened to where they they needed to redirect. Mm-hmm. And they were wise to understand that and you know they they paid attention to life circumstances and said, "You know what? Now is not a good time." It's kind of was my story. I've seen it in other lives. And some people would look at that and be like, "Oh, you're you should have complete why didn't you?" It's like, "Well, it wasn't time." I'm paying attention, and it, and when you look back, it is so fun, man. I can tell you, it is so fun to look back and see how he answered those questions in his timing. But a lot of life is living when it comes to future stuff. A lot of it is living, especially in early seasons of life. I feel like I'm entering a season of life where a lot of questions are answered, you know. Uh, and so that's fun. Um, and there's, you know, tomorrow could come a whole new set of questions, <laughs> but but it's fun, man. I. I I appreciate you sharing and I appreciate the journey of discerning God's will. And I think, you know, for, for anyone listening, I would certainly encourage you that focus on today. Like Hunter was saying, you know, focus on the commands that God has clearly given the, the scriptures stay connected to God's word. You know, we say that, uh, I'm telling you guys like find, find a, a, a book you want to read, find, find a book of the Bible you want to read, like stay connected to the Bible, stay grounded there because there's no way we can stay and discern, we can't expect to discern God's will disconnected from his word. Those two things go hand in hand. So we got to do that. And when it comes to the future stuff, be at peace with question marks. That is okay. Pay attention, learn. I love the example that Hunter shared with us from Acts 15 and even from his own life, he and Sarah Beth, as they are having a year, the next, you know, 
how from now to May is kind of a discerning season of figuring it out. And I don't sense any concern or worry in your heart. I sense a, a hey, I'm going to apply to these things or pursue knowing more about these things. And I'm going to trust that in time, it'll become very clear. Yeah. But I'm not stressed about it right now. It's that's, good right now. It's exciting. There's a That's a beautiful place to be. Yeah. Maybe that's a sign that we're, our perspective is right. If if the future stuff is stressing us out and bringing on anxiety, you know, like Brett's, you know, that's not of God, that something's broken with our perspective in that. You know, and for you, to hear you say, "Man, I, we're excited." That's a sign that you guys are handling this right, and I think in time, it'll be fun to see what God does. Yeah. And when he makes it clear, It'll be exciting. There's a verse that I guess is the, the last thing that I, I wanted to share, but a lot of times we hear Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Um, but if you get to verse 8, it says that, well, well, I'll read 7 and 8. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Mm. That we have decisions right now, and as long as we are we're following God and we're chasing after him. We're delighting in him that it's healing to our flesh and it's, and it's refreshing to our bones that mm. the pursuit of the pursuit of God's will is not, it's not, it's not full of anxiety and it's not mm. full of unrest, but it is healing and, and refreshing. Mm. That's so good, man. That's good. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on today and appreciate everybody listening in. And hopefully there were some things that I know from my life, I was encouraged just to hear Hunter share these things and, It's so good for God to remind us of these things. So we pray that it was a blessing to you. And until next time, we want to encourage you to stay connected to church, connected to each other, and most importantly, connected to the God we love and serve. God bless.